Recording, recording. Okay, here we go. Hi, babe. Welcome to the Horror Babe Show. I'm your host, Chelsea Beller. And before we get right into things, I just want to wish everyone happy holidays. Um, oh, and I'm filming this on January 1st. So happy new year. 2024. Yeah, this is the year, baby. This is what everyone says, but it's the year. I'm really excited for the new year because I did a lot last year, not to brag, and I think next year I'm going to do even more and, you know, I have this channel now, so that'll be something to look forward to, you know, creating amazing, horrific content for you because that's what we love. We love to talk about horror. So... Without further ado, further ado, further, ado, it's ado, just in case you didn't know, because I could tell you were confused, <laughs> it's further ado, okay, so glad we figured that out. Without further ado, let's get into it, today's episode, today's episode is a review. I'm excited for this. Uh, you might have guessed what the hit horror show we're talking about is going to be. It is a period piece. It's about a couple of kids. Watch them grow some strange spookiness happens, but I mean, we wouldn't be talking about any of this as if, if it wasn't, you know, strange and spooky. That's right. It's the fall of the House of Usher. Duh. I'm just gonna be flipping my waterfall banks. Is that what these are called? I don't know, man. I saw someone do this on Pinterest and I was like, Hey, I could do that. It's just a little little bait and switch for you because it's fun, you know? You got to keep you on your toes. So let's talk about Usher, which is what I will be referring to the show as for the remaining of the video because yes, The Fall of the House of Usher is a longer title and I'm not going to say all seven of those words every single time. I'm just going to say Usher. And we're all going to have to not have the image of our beloved 2000s pop star. Is he beloved? Is he still cool? The other day, my friends and I were talking about like what the kids say these days. They say words like bet. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm old and it's fine. When did Usher come out? Oh, that's not what we thought. Anyway, all right, I'm off of Google now. <laughs> Usher, The Fall of the House of, is a fantastic show. If you, if you haven't watched it already, it's truly a fantastic show. If you have not seen this Mike Flanagan miniseries of Magnificence, you should. And I will be including spoilers in this, so if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want any spoilers, go watch it, and then watch this. Okay. Bye! 
Oh, wait. Are you back? Okay, great. This is an incredibly well-written show. The story is fantastic. Uh, I can't think of a loose end. Um, if you can, let me know. And the, cinema the cinematography is amazing. The direction was great. The casting, of course, was perfect because they're Flanagan's crew. Oh, the sets. Oh my God, the sets were beautiful. Like, um, <laughs> the sets uh, were magnificent. So much detail. I, I read that um, Flanagan, I almost called him Usher, <laughs> Flanagan really paid attention to um, color in this, especially with the cast's wardrobes, which I think we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. The fun part, the part that you, that you could tell the costume, the costumer could really just go to the moon with, is that they're all rich, like richer than rich. So you could give them just the most extravagant uh, piece of clothing and no one would bat an eye. Um, it was just really fun to see, especially Kate Siegel's costumes were great and her makeup and her gray hair. I was like, should I dye my hair gray? No, no, I won't. So let's talk about the story. I'm going to be doing an overview of the story. I'm going to try and make it as, as quick as possible, but there's a lot to this story. So basically, when we meet the ushers, <clears throat> Roderick Usher is a senior and he and attorney August Prim are talking in Roderick Usher's childhood home, which has been completely run down, the most run down a home could be pretty much. So a lot of the episodes take place in this home and it's great. It's pure Flanagan because there are dark, creepy little corners and creaks and moans that you hear. And you're just going, what the hell is in this house? <laughs> what is happening? I remember the first uh, little jump I had was, um, <clears throat> the camera's on August and Roderick is saying something about, I think his mother. And then he says, well, she's behind you. And I didn't even see her, but I just like look over August's shoulder and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're doing this we're in it and she just like turns and walks away just like so stoic i just really want to be like a creepy ghost in something that is my dream um but anyway so they're basically going over everything that happened but let's start from the beginning <laughs> so roderick and madeline this is a rags to riches story roderick and madeline are twins they were born from their mother who was pregnant out of wedlock and it turns out 
her boss, the CEO of this huge pharmaceutical company called Fortunato, is the father. And we don't know what the situation was if he took advantage of her and that's why she's pregnant or if it was amicable, if it was something they both wanted, but then he just kind of treats her like trash and so does everybody else. And, um, and then later she kills him. So good on her, you know? I mean, if I could just, if I could just come out of the grave and strangle every guy who did me wrong, I wouldn't. But you know, a girl can dream. And that's the dream. So Roderick and Madeline basically raise themselves. They grow up in this house. It gets more and more run down as time goes on. Um, they don't have a mother. They don't have a father. And when they're adults, young adults, they decide to work for Fardonato. Fortunato. Um, why? Great question. I wouldn't have anything to do with that company. I would be so out of there. But... Madeline, who's kind of the more devious of the two, decided it was their birthright. It's their birthright. They deserve it. They should own it. So hell ensues. Um, <laughs> absolute hell ensues. They're approached by August, a young August, who's an attorney. And I don't know if he's an attorney at the time, but he's um, trying to sue the pharmaceutical company, Fortunato, um, for wrongdoing. Um, basically, they were forging signatures on things they shouldn't have been forging signatures on. And, you know, you shouldn't forge signatures on anything. And they were probably doing other bad stuff, too. I don't know if they were doing the bad stuff that then Roderick is later accused of doing. If they were, like, doing it the whole time. I don't know. But anyway, so, so they're approached by August to sue the company they work for and they almost go through with it. And then at the very end, they're like, no, we don't know what he's talking about. This company is on the up and up. They're so good. And they're not, but they commend Roderick and Madeline for being on their side and being so loyal. And you guys are gonna they're going to shoot straight to the top. And, and they're uh, excited about that because they want money. And, you know, I think they're just a little um, impatient <laughs> and feel that this company is owed to them. So they decide to kill the CEO, uh, which they do. And you know what? He kind of deserved it. But that was a great scene. That's the last episode. They get him drunk at some like holiday party and they spike his drink with something and they bring him downstairs and to like a basement area and like part of it is unfinished and they have uh, construction going on, not at the time, but they're like bricking up these walls of these enclosed spaces and so they kind of just place him in that tiny little enclosed space, much like the one I'm in right now, and start laying the bricks. That's genius. That's a great way to kill someone. Um, because like just and walk away. 
You know what I'm talking about? There's no mess. So the cool, the spooky part about that scene was that he was, it was like a costume party, I guess. So maybe it was a Halloween party or a New Year's party. No. Oh, it was a New Year's party. That's right. Ah, oh, theme. It was a New Year's party and he was dressed as a jester. One of the most creepiest jester costumes I've ever seen. Uh, but he had the hat with the bells and it made the ding a ling a ling noise. And so he was sitting, it was a mask. It was like a full head mask thing. So he was sitting um, in that enclosed space and the bricks are being laid and he's just like hanging his head and you can like just hear the little ding-ling-a-ling um, as he moves his head. And not that he's like having a fit or something, but you know, just like when he's talking, you can hear it. And it's so spooky. And then, uh, we would hear that sound prior to that scene, of course, because that's the last episode that this happens. And I, I just, I had no idea. I was like, what is, why is there a bell? <laughs> like, what is that? What is it for? But now we know. Now we know. So he's dead. And they become, you know, the rulers of their Fortunato kingdom. And then they're just rich and famous for the majority of their lives until... <laughs> until so roderick has six kids um from five different women he had his first two kids with the woman he was with annabelle lee when all of this shit hit the fan but she left him because he killed a jester so he shouldn't have done that so she left him and then later she offed herself um which is sad and then he has Four more kids. Now these kids, all right, well, they're adults by the time we meet them, but I'm going to refer to them as the kids because they're his kids. They're uh, just lovely and, you know, compassionate, sympathetic, overall good people. Of course, I'm being facetious because they're awful. Holy shit. They're the worst. They were raised by money and that's what happens when you're raised by money serious money i don't mean like upper middle class i'm talking the one percent okay like this is what's wrong <laughs> this is what's wrong with america um is these kids so in the span of i think a week each of his kids die a horrific death each in a different way and then it comes out big spoiler Roderick and Madeline are about to die why is this what is killing them who is killing them why do I keep hitting my microphone because it's in the way because I am the jester in the bricks okay all right so I'm gonna briefly and succinctly and sorry if you hear like laughter um in the background someone's having a party as if it's new year's or something anyway i think it's important to go through how each of the kids passed you know we went through the plot mostly we're gonna get to like the reasoning of all of this but i think it's important that we go through each of the kids deaths because what i find interesting about each of these deaths is I think Flanagan or whomever um, was, you know, 
heavily involved in the decision-making process, had the idea to include the seven deadly sins into the into their deaths into these children. Now, there's not seven of them, but Madeline and Roderick could be considered the seventh sin because they're kind of one and the same. They're twins, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm stretching a bit there. And also, it's not like this one is glutton and this one is lust and this one is wrath. It, it, it's a little more loosey-goosey to that. But I really strongly felt that these seven deadly sins influenced the story. So Prospero, number one, he is the first to die. His name is Prospero. They call him Perry. Prospero. Interesting. Like prosperous? Oh, related to money? Huh. So he dies basically from acid rain inside of a worn out building that he turned into a club where him and a million of his closest friends were having drugs, sex, alcohol, basically a big, huge orgy. So that to me, because of the drugs and the sex and the, you know, that to me feels like gluttony. You know, it's all about indulgences. Then we move on to Camille. Camille died of an animal attack. That would be wrath. Um, but also lust because she had this thing with her assistants. They were more than just her professional work assistants. They helped her in other departments. So kind of feels like lust was involved there, but definitely, you know, the anger of wrath and a little bit of jealousy because she had no reason to be where she was other than thinking her sister, half-sister, was involved in something and she wanted to stop having so much fun. She wanted to get the dirt. So then there's Napoleon, Leo. He fell out of a window, also on drugs. A drug that I think his father made, um, or Fortunato made. The motivation behind his death was definitely fueled by anger, but also by madness, because the drug made him go a little ooh, uh, loopy. Which, speaking of, that scene really stuck with me. If you know the scene I'm talking about, he has some like mallet or something that he's running around his apartment, thrashing into the walls because he hears a cat or yeah, he thinks he's hearing his partner's cat stuck in the wall and he thinks the cat is trying to kill him. And so he's running around this apartment and he's throwing something. I can't remember what it was, um, but I'll throw up a clip if I can. He's throwing this thing and going absolute nuts. Like if you've ever, if you've ever witnessed someone just high as fuck on drugs, then I think you understand you have this like morbid fascination of what are they going to do next? And also you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that's, that was this feeling of like, what are you doing and what are you going to do next? And, and I, you know, we know that each of them die because that was spoiled to us 
basically, oh yeah, it was like the first like 10 minutes of the show. So we know they're all gonna die, we just don't really know how. And his ghost appears to Roderick and it's all like mangled and he looks, he looks bad. So I have a feeling he's gonna jump out of the window, but I'm like, why would he jump out of the window? But he's on like these crazy drugs and he sees the cat and he runs and he just onto the sidewalk, onto a car. I think it was onto a car and then the cat the real cat in my opinion with the collar that he talked about it's like a gucci collar like walks by kind of sniffs him and then just keeps going and i was like that is beautiful it was just it was this great like bookend moment because he he wasn't really seeing the cat it was all in his head but we saw the cat like at the beginning of the scene or something and then it, it was just like, it was really satisfying to see that cat. <laughs> and also the guy kind of deserved it because he cheated on his partner. Anyway, yeah. So now we're going to move on to Victorine, right? Yes. Victorine. Victorine is like a mad scientist character. There was something wrong with her from the beginning. Like she lost her humanity a long time ago. She was giving like anger inducing drugs to monkeys, how Camille died. And, and she was going to put this like heart implant into this woman, but it wasn't even going to be her. It was supposed to be her partner because her partner is the doctor, but she's like the scientist. I don't even know if she's the scientist behind all of this. She might just be like the investor because she has all of her daddy's money. Who knows? I think her death, which was awful. That, oh, that really stuck with me too. Man, these deaths. I don't know who thought of these, but like, okay, so you hear this sound like toward the end of her time and for the life of me I couldn't figure out what it was it kind of had this like chirping sound I'm gonna insert it here if I can so you see what I mean it's like a chirp sound but I was like it's not gonna be a, a bird but it has to be related to the heart implant or like the monkeys or or something like completely out of left field maybe and then she gets furious at her partner because her partner won't do this surgery because like she forged a signature uh, mirroring Victorine forged her partner's signature on something and I think the heart implant like wasn't okay to input into somebody I don't know I don't remember anyway they weren't gonna do it but Victorine was pissed and she wanted it to work and to me, this really felt like the sin sloth because she didn't really do any of the work. It wasn't really her, it was her partner and she was just reaping the benefits. She was reaping the benefits of her daddy's money and now her partner and her partner being like a genius. And so that felt like sloth to me. But there's also wrath and kind of envy involved definitely pride with all of these people 
Pride is a big one. She is furious with her partner. Her partner is about to storm out. She grabs something, chucks it at her. Like, I don't know what her thought process was. I'm like, no, you meant to kill her in that moment. Like, if you throw something, like a heavy something, at your partner, whether it's their head or their butt, like, you're aiming to do some damage. Throws out her head, partner's dead. Didn't mean to rhyme, but I did. And she goes a little nuts and decides she can fix it. So she grabs the heart implant she just happens to have, throws it in her partner, throws it. She like opens the chest cavity and like shoves it in there and thinks, oh yeah, she's alive now. Everything's fine. But she's not alive because it had nothing to do with her heart. It was her fucking head. So she's just like propped up on this table. Uh, I think her eyes are still open, but she's just like gone and her chest cavity is open and Victorine is like totally fine. And Roderick, her dad, comes to visit her and he hears this sound. And I'm like, oh my God, what is it? What is it? Because we haven't seen her yet. And we... <laughs> She opens the door and she's like, oh yeah, it's just like, she acts like everything's fine. And I think that's why this stuck with me so hard. Cause she was just like, oh yeah, come on in. It's just my partner. You've met, I don't remember her name. Alessandra. Sure. Alessandra's fine. Come check on her. Look. And he's like, she's not fine. And then she uh, kills herself with a sword. A knife? A machete? Something sharp. She just... Yeah, so she's dead. So this is a great stopping point. We have five more deaths to go over. I know, exciting. Um, I want to talk themes. I want to talk favorite scenes. I didn't mean to rhyme again, but it just keeps happening. And then, like, who is Verna? We need to talk all about her. And we'll do that in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Part two of the Fall of the House of Usher review. <laughs> Make sure to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. And I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye, babe.